Dr. Pauline Hughes is away today. Your guest host for today's program is Dr. Terry Bailey. Good morning, Terry. Thank you, sir. Good morning, and welcome to Spiritual Mind, Spiritual You. I'm filling in today for Dr. Pauline Hughes. We so love Dr. Pauline and Ronnie Hughes. They're such a blessing to Beth and I. We're so thankful for our friendship, our relationship. It is truly a kingdom connection that God has brought into our life. I want to get started this morning by reading our foundational scripture. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What an honor today to be with you to share the Word of God. We're living in very strategic times. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning concerning your 1 Corinthians 16.9 moment. My text today will be 1 Corinthians 16.9. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. Listen to his words. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. I believe that the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, is poised for change. These are significant times of blessing and breakthrough. We must be willing to in these days to move through every open door. When you examine doors in Scripture, there are three things that stand out to me that doors represent. First of all, in Exodus 12, 7, doors represent entrance. Secondly, in John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9, doors represent access. Thirdly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, doors represent opportunity. Let me share that Scripture. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. As we reach the end of the age and draw closer to the coming of the Lord, I believe we're going to see a fulfillment of the words of Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. When you study the word of God, you realize that God works and moves in seasons of time. God does not necessarily always move according to the way we measure time. God measures time differently. We tend to measure time in minutes and hours, days and weeks and months, and we measure time in a linear way. We, we see it in a straight line, but God measures time in seasons. It's more cyclical. Let me share some scriptures concerning this. You see, God works and moves in seasons of time. Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Jesus spoke these words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Listen to his answer in verse 7. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father 
has put in his own authority. He's put in his own authority. God works and moves in seasons. We walk through different seasons in life. And I believe Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, there are 28 different seasons that Solomon defines there concerning the seasons of our lives. And many of us are in a different type of season in this season, and we sense that God is getting ready to do something different than he's done in the past. So we have to pray and discern the times. The Bible said the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times and knew what Israel should do. So God works and moves in seasons. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I want to read that from the Amplified Bible. I love the way it reads. He said, let us And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. The Word of God reveals that there is an appointed season for those who faithfully sow. You have an appointed season. I believe it is our due season, our appointed season. What is this due season or this appointed season the Apostle Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9? It is a new season. It is our season of breakthrough and increase. For there are many of us who have sown much in the past. We've given, we've sown, we've been obedient to the Lord, but we've reaped little in return. Why is that? Because there is a time to sow and a time to reap. It is time to reap from seeds sown in past seasons. If you've ever planted a garden or if you've ever visited a farm, you know there's a time when they plant the seed. There's a time when they work to help the seed get into a position to to produce fruit. And then there's a harvest season that comes, and they have to reap the harvest within that season. We're entering into a time where we're going to reap off of the seeds that we've sown in past seasons. Some years ago, my daughter was getting ready to start to school. I moved from one church to the church that I presently pastor here in Greenwood, South Carolina, the South Greenwood congregation. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, my daughter's going to be going to school. What do I need to do? And the Lord told me, he says, I'm going to take care of your daughter's tuition. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't mean know if he meant that he would give me the money to be able to take care of it. But what happened was she wound up getting an academic scholarship that was a full scholarship, room and board and tuition. And I was praising the Lord for that one day. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, that was from a seed that you sowed. Not recently, but many, many years ago. Here's the thing about God. God doesn't always settle up on Friday. He doesn't always pay us every week, just like the time we get a paycheck. But God keeps good records. Matter of fact, I believe he has angels that just keep records. Every time you give, every time you witness, every time you pray, every time you're obedient to God, I believe there's a recording angel that comes and records that. And every so often, God says, you know, it's time to look at the books. And he balances the books. This is a season where God is going to deal with the books. Many of you who have sown much in past seasons are going to reap from those seeds. So what happens when the Lord is asking us to do something? We're obedient to him, we're sowing, and we're giving. And what happens, God is putting that in the bank of heaven because he knows there's going to come a day in the future that you're going to need to draw off of that. Now, here's the thing. You draw better interest out of the bank of heaven than you do the banks on earth. So God is keeping a record of what he's doing. It is a new season. 
It is a season of breakthrough, and it is a season of increase. Many of you that are listening to me this morning, you have prophetic promises that have gone unfulfilled. You've been standing and you've been believing for a long time. The Bible says in the little small book of Jude that precedes Revelation, it says we have to contend for the faith. You have to contend for the promises that God has made to you. The Bible reveals in Genesis 8:22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. What's happening? I believe that the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I are poised to enter a new season. It will be our 1 Corinthians 16:9 moment. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So we must allow the Lord to position us to move through the doors of opportunities that he will open for us. There are doors of opportunity God is opening, but there will be many adversaries. Many times we read that about the effective door, and we pray for effective doors. But there will be an adversary at the door to oppose you. When God desires to bless you, he will open a window. Malachi 3. Verse 10, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings you'll not have room to receive. When God desires to promote you, he opens a door. Doors represent access, opportunity, and promotion. When God gets ready, he will open an effective door. Some of you have been in a place where you felt like you were not bearing fruit. Some of you have been in a place where you feel like things have been hard and it's been difficult and you've been in a wilderness season. But I've come to tell you that the winter season that you've been enduring, the winter season that you've walked through is coming to a close and God is going to open a new door, an effective door. This is your 1 Corinthians 16.9 moment. These are doors of opportunity, but there will be many adversaries. I love Isaiah 28 verse 6. Listen to what it says. For a spirit of justice to him who sets in judgment, and for strength for, to those who turn back the battle at the gate. We have to turn back the battle at the gate. Windows represent blessing, and God will open a window in heaven. It can also represent revelation. God will open a door for us. We can move through that door. It represents opportunity and promotion. Then what do gates represent? Gates represent territory. I believe we're going to... Take new territory for the kingdom of God. Your city, my city, does not belong to the devil. Your city and my city does not belong to the drug lords or the gangs, but our cities belong to God. And it's time for us to take territory. That's why God is positioning you at the gate, and we're going to turn back the battle at the gate. Whoever controls the gates controls the city. And for too long, the enemy has controlled the gates. We have gates that have been breached, but it's time to close the gates to unrighteousness and open the gates to righteousness. So it's time to turn the battle back at the gate. Are you ready today to move through your open door of opportunity? Well, how do we do that? Well, we have to get into position. So there's several things we must do. Number one, we must be willing to embrace change. Change is simply transitioning from one place to another place. Dr. Chuck Pierce writes in his book, The Future War of the Church, he says that there are three specific areas we must keep in mind when we go through change. Psalms 84, 5 and 7, we move from strength to strength. Romans chapter 1, verse 17, we move from faith to faith. And let me say this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. In the very beginning of this broadcast, I read 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, which is the foundational scripture that Dr. Pauline Hughes uses for this broadcast. And it says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we get our mind renewed? How do we get our faith to grow? By meditating on the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. And as the Word of God washes over us, our minds get renewed. And we we abandon the conformity to the world's thinking, and we begin to think, and we begin to act on God's Holy Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says we move from glory to glory. So we must be willing to embrace change. Now, for many, that's a difficult word. We don't like change because we're creatures of habit. Many times we go to restaurants and we eat the same food. Many times we just drive the same routes to our office. But so we need to change things up and allow the Lord to help us to embrace change. Because you can't go through the door and possess the territory that God is going to give you with the same anointing that you had yesterday. We need to have an anointing to kill the giants and to deal with the giants that God brings into our path. So we must be willing to embrace change. Number two, we must become a people of great faith. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to challenge everyone that's listening to me today to become a student of God's word. Learn to meditate on God's word. Learn to allow God's word to wash over you. Learn to saturate yourself in the Word of God. Get an app on your phone, on your iPad. Get out your CDs and dust them off. Begin to play God's Word. Let God's Word play through your house. Play it in your car. Why? Because it's getting into your spirit, man, and it's causing you to grow stronger in the Lord. And it causes your faith to grow. Get around people who speak faith. Get around people who have vision. Allow them to speak into your life. We must become a people of great faith. It will take great faith to possess the land and to enter into what God has for us in this season. God is calling us in this hour to be a people of faith, great faith. Thirdly, we must become a people of radical obedience. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. I believe the days of partial obedience and just pleasing people is over. God is looking for a people today who will live to faithfully carry out his commandments. We must become a people of radical obedience. Listen, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. You belong to God. The Bible tells us, Paul writes to Timothy, and he tells us that we've enlisted into the army of God. Augusta is a military town, so you understand deployments. You understand that when you're part of the military, they deploy you and redeploy you to the places where you're needed most. What God has been doing, he's been equipping you, he's been training you, and he's been getting you ready to move through your First Corinthians 16, 9 door, an effective door. And he may redeploy some of you. He may move some of you. How can he do that? Because we belong to him. He can tap you on the shoulder and say, I need you in Panama. He can tap you on the shoulder and say, I need you in England, or I need you in France. Let's become a people of radical obedience in this hour because there's a harvest to reap. There are people that need to know and be inspired by the Word of God, and they need what God has put down on the inside of you. You see, what God has put down on the inside of you is not just for your own uh, gain, but He's put something inside of you that He's going to put into a territory. He's going to put into a place, and it's going to draw that anointing out of you, and you're going to be a blessing to that place. That's what he's preparing us for. Fourthly, we must become a people of persistent prayer. 
We're called to build his church from the revelation of his word. See, too many times our churches have reflected our sociological and educational upbringing. The church was never designed to be a democracy, but a theocracy. Colossians 1.18 says he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in all things he may have the preeminence. I serve in the role as a lead pastor to a great congregation of people, but I'm just the under-shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And the Lord's coming to his church in this hour because he says, I want to take my church back. Because there are things I want to do in my church. God never meant the church to be like a cruise ship. God never meant the church just to be like a pleasure. God God meant for the church to be like a battleship, to engage the enemy and take territory from the enemy. Now, how do we enter this 1 Corinthians 16:9 moment? We become a people of persistent prayer. We must awake and understand we are living in the last days. It's time to pray. James 5, 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Psalms 91, 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. John 14, 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. God is calling for the body of Christ to enter into persistent prayer. How do we solve the problems that we're facing in our nation? How do we deal with the division that we have in our nation? How do we position our nation for a move of God's spirit? Some would say God is finished with America. Some would say that America has gone too far. But I believe that America is ready and poised to experience a great awakening. Let's not give up because you remember Acts 2.17, in the last days. That's where we're living at today, in the last days. I believe we're in the very last of the last days. But here's what he said he would do. I would pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters, my daughter, our children will experience an outpouring of God's spirit. Dr. Peter Wagner has defined the church that is arising in the last day. He calls it a third-day church or a new apostolic church. New apostolic churches are churches that embrace the change that the Lord is bringing into his church. Dr. Peter Wagner writes, within many churches, there's been a marked shift in the role of prayer, even during worship services. I want to contrast the difference in what we would call a traditional church and a new apostolic church. Traditional churches, prayer is intentional. In new apostolic churches, prayer is central. In traditional churches, prayer is routine. In a new apostolic church, prayer is spontaneous. In a traditional church, prayer is occasional. In an apostolic church, prayer is frequent. In a traditional church, prayer is passive. In a new apostolic church, prayer is aggressive. In a traditional church, prayer is quiet. In an apostolic church, prayer is loud. In a traditional church, prayer is reverent. And in an apostolic church, prayer is expressive. In a traditional church, prayer is cerebral. In a new apostolic church, prayer is emotional. So we must allow the Lord in this season to develop a new wineskin. Why? Because you cannot pour new wine into an old wineskin. 
Mark 2:22, and no one puts new wine in the old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put in the new wineskins. So we're entering a new season of opportunity for expansion and increase. Let me share a beautiful passage of Scripture out of Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not borne. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not travailed with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Do not spare. Lengthen your cord and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. When you enter into this 1 Corinthians 16, 9 moment, you will have to be ready for the following new thing. Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I do a new thing now, it shall spring forth. We're going to have to be ready, number one, for a new authority. This authority will enable you to overthrow the enemies that have resisted you in past seasons. Luke ten nineteen, Jesus said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God will reveal new strategies of warfare you have not considered in past seasons. He will give you a new place of authority in the territories where he is positioning you. God gave Abraham an assigned territory. Some would say, is that scriptural, to have an assigned territory? Listen to Genesis 15, 18. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. God assigned a territory for Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. There are two things that we must understand about our authority in the realm of the Spirit. We must understand our boundaries. Who are the people God has called you to reach? You have authority within the boundaries God has assigned you. Where has God located you? This is called the law of place. Where is your field of harvest? You see, you'll have the territory within that field of harvest. Secondly, we must have an understanding of God's timing. You can only move according to his timing. You have to be able to discern when the door is open and when the door is closed. Revelation 3, 7, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Too often in the body of Christ, people try to open and close doors themselves. You can only open the door to God's timing. When the timing's right, things will fall into place, and you'll see the results of what you have sown. You see, why have we sown much and reaped little? Many times because we have not totally understood the timing of the seasons of God. This new season of opportunity will bring some new things. It'll bring a new authority. Revelation 2.26 from the New American Standard Bible says, He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end to him I will give authority over the nations. Secondly, a new anointing. Before David killed Goliath, he first killed a bear and a lion. There is a new anointing to empower you in your new season. Thirdly, there's a new provision. In this season, God will reveal himself as the God who is more than enough. How are we going to do it? How are we going to finance the harvest? 
How are we going to have the monies that we need to accomplish what God has put in our hearts? Begin to declare a new provision is coming. Then we're going to have, fourthly, a new understanding of holiness. Hebrews twelve fourteen pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We're going to understand the liberating power of a holy life. There's power in a life that is holy and completely dedicated to the service of the king. So God's going to give us a new authority in this season, but there are going to be new enemies. You say, well, Pastor, don't you know that there's nothing new under the sun? Don't you know the Bible? Sure. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Ephesians six twelve. we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So our struggle is with the Satan. It's with the enemy. Now, what do I mean by new enemies? How many of you have heard new levels, new devils? Well, I believe there's a strong man and strongholds that rule in the territory that God is calling us to. And the Bible says in Mark 3:27, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then he will plunder his house. No territory is going to be uncontested. The enemy you stand against is subtle, stubborn, and refuses to give any ground or territory without a fight. We're entering into a new time of anointing and authority to establish God's purpose on the earth. This is your first Corinthians 16:9 moment. God wants you to know that there's a door of opportunity. As a matter of fact, we've just entered into the new Hebrew year, 5778, the year of the open door. It's time to move through the door. God is going to send help to help you to move through your door, doors of opportunity, doors of access, and doors of promotion. What an exciting time we're entering into for the body of Christ. The days ahead of us are not going to be defined by the days that are behind us. And many of you have been under an assault and under attack because we've been in a season, a year of warfare. And you've had to war, you've had to stand, you've had to believe God. Your family's been assaulted, your children have been assaulted, but God is going to move, and there's a door that God is going to use to bring you through that door, to bring you into your 1 Corinthians 16, 9 moment, an effective door. But remember, the adversaries that have opposed you, you have authority over them. Let me pray, and we'll close the broadcast today. Father, I thank you for your mercy, for your grace, and your goodness. And I thank you today that we're in our 1 Corinthians 16, 9 moment. May we be like Issachar and have an understanding of the times. The sons of Issachar understood how to move in time, how to measure time, and the timing of God. May we, Lord, have insight in how to move in the timing of God. Many today are poised at the door of their breakthrough and at the door of opportunity. You're going to bring them into a territory. It won't be uncontested, but you're going to give them authority and give them power. And we know the battles that we fought in the past were preparation for where we are right now. You're going to move in our lives, and you're going to use us for your glory. And we pray, Lord, that you'll touch the CSRA area. As my voice is going out over the airwaves today, as this radio broadcast is touching that area, May the hand of God move mightily in the CSRA and in Greenwood, South Carolina, and the other nations and places that will come and be part of this broadcast today. Thank you today. Bless Dr. Pauline and Ronnie. Use them for your glory. And I pray, Lord, that you will just give them new territory. 
unlock the doors that have previously been locked. You said that you would set before us an open door that no man can shut and doors that no man can open. 